Hey friends, it's Moms Meet World, the podcast where we talk about how to strengthen home and family. And today we have Tessa Blackamon, who's a children's book illustrator, and we're going to talk about creativity in families and creativity, the creative process um, that unfolded for Tessa as she was growing up and as she became the illustrator of some amazing books that I am so excited for you to learn more about. We'll also learn a little bit more about maybe how we can encourage creativity in our own families, and I'm excited to get started. So we're going to jump right in now to Tessa talking about her early years and how she was creative from a very young age. Let's go. But you love the tooth fairy. Um, and you draw pictures for her as a thank you, probably. Oh, would, yeah, I would really do that. Cool. And I'd also draw pictures for my doctor as a kid. Um, in fact, when I would, so my pediatrician, I saw since I was like six years old till I was 18 for a long time. So we were really good friends with my pediatrician. And when I was a teenager, he found an old drawing that I had drawn for him when I was little and he gave it to me. It was really that cute. I can't so believe he sweet. kept it in my files all this time. I bet he did because it was so well done. Yeah. Did you? Did your teachers <laughs> yeah. kind of notice? Like when you were little, did did you get encouragement from your teachers? Like, keep going, Tessa. This is good stuff. Yeah. They. I also drew pictures for them. They. Their comments were mostly love. Like, oh, Tessa really loves to draw. <laughs> that was just her favorite thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. until like, you know, as you start to get older, that you start to understand. Like, oh, maybe. Yeah. You get better at this and then you have teachers who can come in yeah. and influence you. Did you do what I did? And whenever I'd have any kind of a talent, I felt like anyone could do this. Like I never felt like it was, I never really thought, oh, this is really particularly special or unique about me. I just felt like this is something anybody who tried could maybe do. And only in retrospect, when you look back, do you think, oh, maybe there was a little extra, maybe, maybe the Lord was really blessing me in this area and you didn't, yeah, you didn't know. So yeah, that that's really similar how how I felt. I just loved to do it. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I just did it just for fun. I would just sit in my room and just draw because I loved it so much. But yeah, it wasn't until I was older that I realized, Oh, maybe he was like helping me along the way. And I didn't realize it. And now, now that I'm an adult and I've been through college and now I'm, I'm working as illustrator. Now I can see those little tender mercies along the way. Totally. Get to where I am. So fun. And did you, was it a natural decision to major in illustration uh, in college or did that, was that a more complicated route? Yeah. In high school, I started to really gravitate towards art. I had an art teacher who was really, really helpful. I started to really develop my style and get really good for a teenage, a teenager, you know? (laughs) Uh, but I could see that like, wow, maybe there's something here for me. But the reason why I was hesitant to major in illustration is because I didn't know what to do with it. Sure. I just felt like I don't want to be a starving artist. Sure. And sure. when I went to BYU, I didn't declare major right away. I just, you know, I just took the general classes sure. and I would talk to professors from the art department, asking them like, well, what do I do with this degree? You know, right. trying to understand if I even want to apply. Uh, but I, the impression I got was, why don't I just try? I'll take the credits that I need. I'll apply for the program. If I get in, 
that's my answer. If not, then I have some backup plans. I love it. But I got in and yeah, it just worked out. I just, I, nothing else really made sense to me. No other degree. Just art yeah. always seemed to be the best. Oh, I love that. Just that very natural fit that natural fit yeah. for you. I can totally see that. When you were growing up, did your family uh, encourage creativity or did they sort of just let you go with what they could tell the trajectory you were already on? Or were they a family yeah. that was big on creativity? Yeah. My parents are really supportive. My dad, he comes from a creative background. He's very, he's, my dad is really good at art. And I think mm-hmm. I was really inspired by him. Sure. And he would draw with me and that was always really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in general, they just were very supportive. Yeah. Um, especially as I started to get older and I was a teenager in high school, they would, I went to like this little art camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just like, they, they just think I'm the best. <laughs> they're just so, they're so incredibly sweet. My parents, Aww. they just think so highly of me and my heart. Aww. And I've always been there for me. And I think just having them as my cheerleaders mm-hmm. has helped for sure, especially because art is a competitive, really difficult field and you mm-hmm. need your cheerleaders to help. You, you totally do. Way. That's such a good reminder for all of us parents, isn't it? To sort of notice what kids are leaning towards or maybe a direction or a talent that they're sort of going in that, in that direction and then encourage that and cheerlead and be excited about it. I think that's, we yeah. get, that's a really good little tip there. Um, do you feel like it's, or if you do tell me how, how does doing art help you express yourself? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, I think, I think in general, it's just very meditative yeah. and it helps you, I guess, sort of find myself yeah. as I'm doing art. It's, it can be very spiritual actually. Like it's just a quiet moment. You're kind of in that zone. Um, and whatever you're drawing, whether it's for a client or just personal work, you, mm-hmm. you feel like that peace that you're feeling at that moment kind of mm-hmm. come out onto the paper in a way. Mm. Um, so it's more just like, I feel the emotions that I, that I feel as I'm creating art can, mm-hmm. can influence what comes out on the paper. So that's why it's mm-hmm. nice to have quiet, peaceful moments. It's mm-hmm. not, it's always happened with the little toddler running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm learning <laughs> about how to balance that right now. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about that sort of that magic or that flow state that we can get into. And it gives you that chance to, um, as you said, express what you're feeling on paper. I love that a place to sort of put that, what a healthy thing for children to have a way to express themselves through creativity and art. And you mentioned that it was a spiritual thing, which I think of, you know, we call God the creator. And so when you create, right, you're sort of getting to participate in that. It makes me think of a movie I saw years ago called chariots of fire. And the man was asked, he was a runner and they asked the man, uh, an Olympian runner, I think. And they asked him, why do you run? And he said, because when I run, I had a British accent, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. <laughs> and I loved, I can't really do that accent, but I remember I thinking, it. yeah, just that beautiful thing that your, your God is so pleased with us when we, when we use the talents that we've been given. Right. And we can feel that pleasure from, oh, for from sure. that. Yeah. So. I think creating is totally a godly act and it's something that I think no one should take lightly. So I feel like the fact that I get to create art is a God given gift and yeah, I don't want to like 
take advantage of that. Like I want to, or I want to take advantage of that and I want to use that for good. I love that. And you definitely have used that for good, Tessa. If we, if you don't mind, I'm going to read just a little bit about some things that were said about these books. So again, uh, listeners, one of the books is Monday is Wash Day. And the second one is um, From a Small Seed. And Tessa's pretty young, so there'll be more books, I think, in the future. Um, so under the description of Monday is Wash Day, it says... In this timeless story from a time not so long ago, Annie and her sister helped mommy with washing the clothes on Monday morning from gathering and sorting the clothes to washing and hanging them outside to dry to folding and putting them in the way the family works together to get the job done. First we work and then we play mom smiles, but walks with purpose to the porch. Um, and then it, one of the reviews says, I hope I don't embarrass you, Tessa, but this is so cute. Tessa Blackham's warm hand painted cut paper collage collages bring the reader to a time in the Midwest when doing the laundry was an all day family chore. And then I want to read another one. It said the illustrations and beautiful, um, nope, wait, that's from a small seed. That's not the one I wanted to read. The, the other one was about, um, from Kirkus and it says such carefully assembled artwork conjures magic, such carefully assembled artwork conjures magic. Yes. I think that's the feeling I had kind of that happy magical feeling when I saw these illustrations. And I, so I've got to ask you, pal, I'm not really an artist, but how do you do stuff like this? I mean, it's even in the art world of a zillions of children's books out there, this particular kind of art is I think unique and different. What, what do you, what do you do? How do you do that? Oh yeah. The paper collage is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Yeah, That's something I didn't even start doing until uh, my BFA show, just like my ver- the very last thing I did in college mm-hmm. <laughs> to graduate. Okay. I did in paper collage and I liked it a lot. Um, and so I decided to do it for this book when I, uh, the publisher approached me, uh, mostly yeah. because I thought, well, clothing is so, has so much texture. It just makes sense to, yeah. to do more of a three, three dimensional artwork. Yeah. Uh, but to make the book, I begin by sketching out everything yeah on this basic piece of paper and pencil and then i proceed to color it or paint it i used uh, gouache paint for that one and what is gouache i don't know what that is gouache is a mixture between acrylic and watercolor it's the best of both oh that's why you can be you could be transparent and loose yeah. like watercolor. Yeah. And also when it dries, you can add water and you can like resurrect it again, which is nice. So you can reuse it. Oh, but it's so also, dimensional. You can build like acrylic paint, mm. but it's not permanent. So once acrylic dries, you can't do anything to it anymore. Mm. But you can be stuff to gouache. That's why I like it because you can get both it's the best of both worlds. So I use gouache, even though it looks like watercolor mm-hmm. because it's so transparent. I use gouache mm-hmm. uh, paint. And then after you paint everything, I cut it out with an X-Acto knife. I went through so many X-Acto knives. Mm. <laughs> and, and then I would glue them all together, kind of like a paper doll. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I would use, to make it look three-dimensional on the page, I use these little like foam uh, stickers that they use in scrapbooking. Yes. To make it pop, to make it pop just a little bit off the page yes. to the shadow. 
around Wow. It. That's how you get the shadow. That yeah. is so interesting. And now I understand because at first blush, it's sort of, it does have this sort of ethereal watercolor quality, but it had more dimension to it than that. And I couldn't put my finger. So the gouache is what does that because you've got that, that buildable yes. acrylic piece. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more bold. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I, I just, uh, it's enchanting. And for clothing, hang on a line. You absolutely do want that dimension if you can get it and you've got it. It's so much fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's talk about your second book. Oh, I could talk about children's books all day. You know, I just, anyway, but we'll just go to this for a second. Um, let me read listeners a description really quickly of Eliza Hamilton from a small seed. Uh, and Eliza Hamilton is the star of that book um, that Tessa has done the illustrations for. So it says ever since she was a young girl, Eliza Hamilton hoped to help people in need from the private quarters of her family home to her national platform as Hamilton's partner. Eliza was a lifelong advocate for fairness, freedom, and faith. The remarkable acts of charity and public service she performed after Alexander's death, interesting, it's after his death mostly, are considered a significant contribution to the Hamilton's legacy, and the world celebrates them today. Here is a thoughtful historical account of her life, beginning with her childhood influences. Um, and then it, it has a few things to say here about you. There are many things, but just one of them, it says about from a small seed, the illustrations are beautiful and complement the text perfectly as they work together to tell the story. And then one woman who wrote that, uh, little compliment there said, this has joined the ranks of our favorite family picture books in the biography category. And I Aww. thought, wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of reviews like that. So that, but you know, the style of art in that is different from Monday's wash day. Can you tell us about that? And in this case, she wanted something painted and more traditional. Um, And because it takes place in early American, um, like the late 1700s, I felt like folk art um, yes, going there was was better than cut paper. As much as I love cut paper, uh, and I wanted to give that a try too because uh, I had already done cut paper, and that was really time consuming and intense. And so I wanted to try this more traditional uh, artwork. And so this one was created using gouache. More, mm-hmm. it was more um, heavy. It wasn't like transparent. It didn't look like watercolor. There's more right. bold uh, styles, yeah. more bold colors, I should say. Yeah. And I used a lot of pencil and colored pencil. And then I even incorporated some digital. Oh, wow. Yeah. So about about 80% is traditional, but then I scan it in and I would do the little touch-ups here and there. And sometimes I would even create like the background separate from the actual person, let's say. Uh And that way I can put that into Photoshop and I can change the size and move it around, which is really nice. So amazing. Amazing. Faster and flexible. Yes. Yes. And it's very, I'm very messy artist. I'll always make a mistake. And with traditional art, it's very hard to cover those mistakes, but big heavens for, uh, Photoshop. (laughs) What a blessing and what a wonderful thing to use all these different elements to have some traditional or a lot traditional, but have some of this modern editing thing blended in. Oh my goodness. And it still has that cut paper feeling that sort of, I don't know how to explain it. It reminds me of Ezra Jack Keats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's nice that you, you notice that too. I I like working in layers Mm -hmm. because I'm intimidated Mm -hmm. to put 
everything down on one single page because I don't want to mess out. But if I could work in layers and adjust it, it mm-hmm. makes me feel so much more comfortable. Yeah. I, that's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. It's interesting that you're drawn to that. And I'm not an artist, but I'm so drawn to that too. Like, um, it just took my breath away when I first read the snowy day by Ezra Jack Keats. <gasps> It is, oh, I can see it takes your brother too. Yes. Yeah. I know. And it was those illustrations, even more than the words, wasn't it? Just, oh, it had that cut paper kind of. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, oh, I love his style. It, mid-century artists I, for children's books are in general, I feel like they have this way of creating children's books that is kind of lost a little bit mm-hmm. or I'm really drawn to people who create um very bold illustrations similar to Ezra Jack Keats I love how he makes everything very silhouette based I yes think that's what I'm drawn with yes drawn to. And, yes. and the use of white space is so well done yes pattern and it's not overdone totally I think that's the thing with digital artists nowadays mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've noticed that they overdo it sometimes with their medium because they have free range mm-hmm. but when you go back to traditional art you have to let the medium just speak and not overwork it and that is really hard to do but I felt like it he nailed it. He nailed it. And he had the blessing of snow creating that instant white space, which was kind of fun, wasn't it? And then the, yeah. the silhouette. Uh, I know it just, isn't it funny how you can get chills over something like that? I just like little yeah. goosebumps. Like I get so excited. Yeah. I, interesting. So what are some other children's authors, maybe like Ezra Jack Keats or whoever that you're drawn to, or maybe who were even role models for you as you became more of a full-fledged artist? Oh, there's so many. Um, Aaron Stead and Philip Stead, they're this awesome couple. He, uh, er, her husband, Philip, he's also an artist, but they're, they wrote a, wrote and illustrated a book together. She did the illustrations and it's called, uh, A Sick Day for Amos McGee. It won the Call to Kai back in 2010. Hmm. By the way, I could totally see you winning the Caldegar. Are they incredible? Okay. I, I could see it someday. Sure. Um, let me take a look at that book. I'll, I'll look that one up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. So well done. So beautiful. Um, and try to think of other books. I love, I you love know, the book. Um, Max Locato's you are special. Yeah. You read that He's one? so sweet. Yeah. The little wooden. That, yeah. <sighs> The message yeah. in that one's so good. So precious. It's so good. And I, I like yeah. want to give that to every child in the world. Totally. Like, and just know how special you are and like, don't care about what other people think about you. I love that. Every kid needs to hear that over and over and over again. Don't they? Yeah. Just to learn yeah. to navigate the, the world. message of that is my favorite. In Interesting. That huh? That's wonderful. As you're thinking, an, an artist comes to mind yeah. that you kind of remind me of, but not, hmm, she doesn't use any layering, but the idea of sort of, I'd say it's say it's maybe more an extended family cousin to what you're doing, but I still love what she does. It's, it's old fashioned art. Tasha Tudor. Do you recognize that name? I've, it sounds familiar. What are some books? I'm going to write her down. Take a look. Yeah. I, I honestly can't remember the titles. We'd have to go back and when I'm not on podcast, I'd look it up, but um, I read yeah. it to a lot of my six daughters when they were young because um, there's just something very sweet and actually to the sons too, something very tender and old fashioned. Again, that sort of, I think she was more of a mid-century, um, artist. I don't know. I'm very drawn to those sweet old fashioned, almost like a Norman Rockwell feel, but 
in a different way, like just that innocence, oh, that yeah. innocence and that purity and those little, just, oh, anything just sort of tender. Um, and Tasha Tudor comes to mind, but yeah, there's another book you would probably love. It was, it's not in print anymore, but I managed to get a copy. It's called Tales from the Ballet. And I'm mm. obsessed with ballet because that's what I wanted to be when I was little. Ah. And I drew ballerinas when I was a kid and I still draw them because I'm really drawn to ballet. I love it. And this book yeah. is so beautiful. Really? It's so pretty. So you, I'll you take need a look to at look it. it up. Tales I'll from the Ballet. Oh, I'll show it to my granddaughters. I will love this. I already know. I'll go take a look. (laughs) You're so much fun. All right. Before we close, do we, can we think of any other book that we just should recommend to readers? They read, even if it's not based on illustrations, just favorite books that you think are important for kids to read. There's so many good books. There's so many. Uh, I just, (laughs) I got this new book for my son. It's called Spork. I think it's just called Spork. It's by, I mean, I love the illustrations too. It's um, by Isabel Arsenault, Hmm. but it's about this little, it's, he's neither spoon nor fork. He's a spork. Cute. And he doesn't fit in and he feels left out, but uh, this baby comes along Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need a spoon. It doesn't need a fork. It needs a spork. And so that's (laughs) where he comes in into play. And it's just really sweet. And it's so fun. The illustrations are a lot of fun. That was a really cute one. We'll take a look. Um, Oh, there's so many, there's so many good ones, Mary. It's true. We should probably, yeah. Someday we'll have to maybe get together with some daughters and, and you and again and talk because they're just forever. So many, um, one that comes to mind though. Well, actually the, the collected works of Sandra Boynton. Are you familiar with her? She's more of a preschool. You love her too. I'm sure you probably read them to Theo, your little boy. Yeah. So, but not the hippopotamus is one of my favorites. I love her combination of spunky, sparkly text that's so clear, but so pristine. Like there's not, there's not a word that isn't integral to that plot. And they're short, they're little, I mean, you can read them to a preschooler, but every word counts and she's funny. And I don't know how she pulls off funny in such a short amount of (laughs) verbal space or written space, but the the illustrations go beautifully with the text. You know, sometimes you'll read a book and you think, "Mm," especially as an illustrator, I bet you thought, this would be great, but I think the illustrations really, we could have used a different medium here, or this could have been, you know, you kind of, so when they go together beautifully, it's like a perfect pair of shoes with that perfect outfit. And this nails it. I think Sandra Boynton's illustrations just really nail the, the vibe that she's going for in the text. So timeless staple to every mom. She is. She is. Yes. Yes. All right, sweetie, we're going to, we're going to run out of time here in a second, but I just want to thank you again for coming on and for learning more about your life and, and your, um, your, at least your artistic life. And, getting some recommendations for books and readers. We hope that maybe you'll take a look at her books uh, from a small seed and Monday is wash day. You can order those on Amazon and also any other children's books that you want to read to any children. Children are such beneficiaries. Um, there's a quote by Jillian Strickland that says um, something about um, you may have coffers of gold and wealth untold, but richer than me, you can never be for. I had a mother that read to me. And what a blessing to have a mother or father or anyone that reads to you. So thanks again, sweet girl. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.